0: Thanks for tuning in to a new episode of Engage, a podcast from the Chartered Institute of Public Relations. Our host for this episode, Kate Ferguson, explores the role of PR and communications professionals in advising their organizations to lead a credible and successful approach to communicating their ESG strategy. Doing business responsibly is an important priority for many organizations, as they're increasingly held to account by all their stakeholders. Our panel of ESG experts discuss challenges organisations face from greenwashing to greenhushing and share their advice for a more effective approach.
1: Hello. My name is Kate Ferguson and I'm Head of Responsible Business at Erwin Mitchell. I'm delighted to have been invited to host our discussion today and that's going to focus on the growing importance of environmental, social and governance ESG issues for businesses and the important role that PR and communications professionals can play in helping businesses to deliver their ESG strategy effectively. I'm pleased to be joined today by three fantastic speakers. I'm going to ask you each to introduce yourselves, please. So Jihan, if I can come to you first.
2: Hi. Hi, everyone. And thank you, CIPR, for inviting me. I am Jihan Hyde, and I am the founder and CEO of a consultancy called Communique. What we do is we offer ESG business model integration. In other words, we help companies to change their business models to become more people on planet focus. We are a B Corp certified consultancy, making us the first Arab, African, black owned business to be so in the world. And we're very proud of that. We are based in the UK and uh, yeah, and I, my background is marketing and internal communications. Thanks, Sian.
3: Ivano? Hello, everyone. I'm uh, Ivano Giannelli. I'm a development economist currently the advisor to the CEO of the world's largest aluminum manufacturer. In my previous role, I was uh, the CEO of uh, Dubai Carbon, the CO2 emission regulator in Dubai, and uh, I spend a lot of time uh, with the United Nations in the post-conflict and developing economies. Thank you. Alex.
4: Hi, everyone. Thank you very much for the uh, the invite. Um, my name is Alex Malouf, based over in the Middle East, but a very English accent, been in media and communications for 20 years, working with companies like ABB, uh, P&G and Schneider Electric. And I'm currently now based in Riyadh in Saudi Arabia.
1: Thank you and welcome, everybody. So to set the scene for today's conversation, doing business responsibly and embedding ESG considerations into your business model has become a strategic priority for many organisations with a growing recognition that to be effective, this work has to be authentic. It has to be aligned to your organisational purpose or your values. Businesses are increasingly being held to account by their stakeholders. And that includes clients, consumers, their own employees. And of course, there's also a regulatory framework around ESG issues that that businesses need to work around. There are opportunities here for businesses too doing business responsibly can be good for business in terms of creating value and sustainability. And a business's reputation and brand can be greatly enhanced if it's regarded as being responsible and committed to doing the right thing. But of course, the reverse is also true. And we've seen many examples of organisations and their comms around ESG not landing quite as well as they might have hoped with accusations of greenwashing, et cetera, in, in recent months. One of the key things that I've learned around working in this area is that doing business responsibly is really everyone's responsibility within an organization. It's important that it's not seen as an add-on or something that's delegated to the ESG or responsible business team to look after. So what role can PR professionals and communications professionals play in advising their organizations about leading a really credible and successful approach to ESG? Alex, I'll come to you first on on that.
4: In terms of one of the, the issues our stakeholders are most concerned about, it's issues relating to ESG. Now, first of all, let me make um, a very simple point. ESG is not simple, it's not easy to understand. Even what is defined by ESG, so environmental, social and governance, varies from region to region. So what I normally do is I tell people to take a step back and look at the SDGs, the Sustainable Development Goals, which basically cover everything um, that we need to look at as organizations when it comes to change, sustainable change, development, and progress. Now, why does why does it matter to organizations? Because you just look around, you look at what is happening in the world today, be it environmental issues, be it with climate change, be it with societal issues, um, be it with issues around governance and ethics. It is something that people care a great deal about. And as the window to the outside world as a voice for what our stakeholders are saying to us we've got to raise the issues to our leadership to our employees and say or ask the question what are we doing in terms of these issues and then communicate back to our stakeholders to actually say this is what we are doing this is what we've done and this is what we will be doing in the future
1: thanks alex jian do you want to come in there
2: Yes and I also wanted to add to, um, to Alex's point is that we need to be very careful not to in not to mix and confuse ESG with sustainability. When we hear the word when we hear the term sustainability, we it normally want 90% when we hear that term, it is related to climate. Whereas ESG encompasses both uh, three aspects as Alex said, the environmental issues the social impact issues, and the governance issues. So we as communication professionals need to understand the difference and we need to understand the difference when it comes to audience. Sustainability, when we use it, we tend to speak to customers and we tend to speak to shareholders about it. When we're talking about ESG, our audience are mainly investors who are interested to invest in companies. So it's a, it's a set of data that they look at to figure out what are the opportunities and what are the risks associated with with a certain company. So I just wanted to make that clear so we do not confuse between them both.
1: I, th- I think that's such an important point. And I think there's there's such a complex overlay between environmental, social and governance in terms of how we communicate and and, and help people to understand, you know, what, what, exactly we're talking about and then how that fits with strategy. So yeah, I absolutely agree with that. Ivano, do, do you want to come in on that point?
3: Well, I'll, I would start by saying that I agree with the description that Gianna has provided, although I don't see it uh, as distinct. Um, but having said that, I'm not here to distinguish between ESG and uh, sustainability. Gianna nailed the target groups perfectly. Uh, What uh, I want to comment on is the fact that to me, both ESG and sustainability is very much about storytelling, trying to build up uh, the vision of the enterprise from where it is to where it wishes to go. ESG is a very structured approach. So by all means, uh, it fits that uh, model better, but there is a little element which is very not known there is, this, there is this community of practitioners like me, for example, that looks at ESG reports, that looks at sustainability reports, and picks those elements which are not stated. So it is very important for the PR community to understand that auditors, rating agencies, uh, consultants are paid FT fees to research companies based on their public information. So I'm not going to have access to every company's internal policies. So I have to leverage what is out there and build the story as it can be translated for the investment community.
2: I love what Ivano was saying about about the information not being publicly available, but also one of the challenges with ESG and sustainability, to be honest, is the lack of standardization when you are talking about it. There are certain frameworks that organizations follow, such as the GRI, which stands for the Global Reporting Initiatives, such as SASB, that stands for, oh God, and I really hate the amount of, of, of acronyms out there. <laughs> but the SASB stands for Sustainability Accounting Standard Board. And it's again, it's a type of report that organizations use. So to give you a very simple example, GRI they, When you're talking about employee trainings, for example, they would like you to report on how much capital have you invested in employee training, whereas SASB, they would like you to talk about the time spent per employee on training. So us as communication professionals, when we're looking at these two reports, we will not be able to compare apples for apples, but we're actually comparing apples with peaches. So we need to be very careful to look at the data and take a step back, as Ivano was saying, to really look and understand what are the differences and what are the stories that are coming out from these data sets. It's
1: such a good point. Yeah. Somebody working in responsible business, you know, within an organisation, kind of leading a responsible business team, I would say that is is one of the, the biggest challenges that we face around the, the consistency or the inconsistency of, of measurement frameworks and being asked by different stakeholders to report in different ways. So, so I think staying on that, that point and the difficulty in, in trying to assess and benchmark the impact that you're making, what advice would you all give to organisations that are, that are seeking to to kind of measure and communicate in, in in the best and the most effective way possible?
4: So I think first of all, and and this is also where we get into more complexity with ESG, is ESG means different things to different people in different regions. So, for example, you look at much of the Gulf. There's a big focus on the E, and there's also focus on the G, the S isn't there in the same way that you'd find in Europe or North America. For example, we don't have unions. We don't have trade unions. The, the concept in terms of minimum wage doesn't exist here as well. So you'll see this with, with different companies, with different stakeholder groups. They will prioritize issues which are relevant to them in their region. And this is obviously a big challenge for ESG because, you know, what we're looking at really is trying to develop a global framework when we have so many cultures which are incredibly different. You know, another one, which is um, rights around gender and sexuality. Again, that's also another big issue which is going to vary markedly, drastically from one region to another. And if you're in a multinational, you know this because you know the pain of trying to do events and taking a global concept and, and trying to either do it really well or just trying to, I'm not gonna say sh- um, and bury it, but um, trying to minimize it because again, it goes against local cultures and local dynamics and even local laws as well. Same with governance, you know, you look at governance issues, they are not universal everywhere you go. We don't have one set of governance standards, which organizations can abide by. So the first thing you've got to really think about, what matters to your stakeholders? What are they asking you for? If it's the E, if it's the S or the G, you've got to define that internally. And then you've also got to think, okay, so how does this align with our strategy, with our organizational model, with our business model? What are our targets? Because you've you've got to really define what you want to achieve and, when do you want to achieve those targets by? And then bringing the stakeholders in like you would with anything which is long term and which is going to be um, impactful for both the organization, but also as well the outside world, what you want to do and how you want them to be part of it as well. So it's it's not a simple thing by any measure, but you've really got to think this through properly. Uh, so you make sure that you do a thorough job.
1: Thanks, Alex. I think that point around engaging your stakeholders and identifying what's material for your business, um, you know, it's, its sometimes it's important to take a step back and do that because it, it, it's what, what you've focused on might not necessarily still be, you know, the most material things and, and where you can make the greatest impact as an organization around the
3: E, S and the G, really. Uh, many of these frameworks obviously do not fit every environment as we've just seen. And there is also an element of compliance from the other parties because many companies will outsource uh, specific segments. So, for example, uh, labor force might not be directly within uh, the remits of HR officers, so to say, but it's a uh, contract. Even in those cases, there is uh, an intent from the company to continue to follow the social and governance element but it might be a lot more difficult to implement simply because although they will sign your form that says, yes, we will respect ABCD policy. The reality is they don't. However, in the face of the public, this is still my labor force and I'm still uh, responsible to ensure compliances uh, wherever feasible.
2: I, if whoever sees me right now, I'm just nodding and, and smiling <laughs> at what Ivana was saying, because if you ask me personally, I actually would love, rather than it's being called ESG, I would love it to be G-E-S. Governance is the foundation. And I was the head of compliance, change compliance and change risk uh, communications for HSBC and Barclays. So governance for me is key when I am communicating, when I am looking into the messaging and and clarifying if the message is clear or not. The reason I believe that governance should come ahead of the E and the S is because governance is going to change and shape the different initiatives that organization will embark on. So, for example, there is the EU taxonomy that's taking place at the moment and it will be rolled out by next year. The EU right now, there is only 11,000 organizations who are reporting on their environmental impact and social impact. From next year and the year after, 50,000 companies will need to report on that. For them to do so, because now it's a law, they will need to figure out what initiatives apply to their sector versus what initiatives apply to their business model versus what initiatives could be done depending on their budget as well. So because of the change of law, i.e. the governance, initiatives were, were shaped. And this is why I think it also shapes the trends as well. So that's when it comes to my opinion on ESG. But my advice as well for communication professionals, based on what Alex has said, which is set the scene, figure out what the priorities are, based on what Ivano was saying from a governance point of view, and what applies to you and not... There is also something called a materiality assessment that not all communication professionals are involved in when it is being built. And that literally, it's a document that tells you what are the key priorities of each organization. So what is the most important versus medium important versus important. Use that as your guide to shape the type of campaigns, the type of uh, themes and the type of initiatives and messaging when you do see it so that would be my advice when you're starting out as communication professionals
1: thanks Ian. Re- really good advice from, from everybody there and um, I I talked a little bit at the start of the conversation around the importance of ensuring that environmental, social and governance considerations are really authentic and and properly aligned with your purpose and or your values. But how can organisations ensure that they get that right? And and what benefits should they see as a result of that?
3: Well, in premise, the element of sustainability ESG, it's multidisciplinary. So it's very... Rare to have a communication department that can master it all. And one of the greatest pieces of advice that I've always given is try to involve as many stakeholders, internal and external as possible. Just test it out. Don't be afraid. And on the subject of being afraid, many companies, many entities are shy to release areas where they are weaker or less uh, uh, developed. That's exactly the opposite of what you should do. If I am good, my shareholders would want to see me better. So improvements over time are always more costly, more complex and more difficult to implement. Whereas it's all about the journey. It's about involving your uh, stakeholders whether uh, you're talking about uh, your social uh, requirements, your uh, your governance, this is the areas where uh, everyone should collaborate. And again, uh, differently from Gian, I do like it called ESG, but that's because I'm a carbon emission person. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, yeah, such
1: such an important point there around collaboration as well, and and this is you know, and I think one of you mentioned earlier on about the importance of case studies and sharing stories, and and you know, obviously from a communications perspective, that's a key area that that we where RB and ESG professionals really need support in, in getting those messages across. But the more we can inspire and share with our stakeholders, I think that you know that better chance we have of finding solutions to some of the, the critical ESG challenges that we're, we're all facing. so I think
2: I think what Ivano is also referring to is called green hushing yes and yeah. that is when you are doing and I see that a lot with my clients so the majority of our clients are tech and fintechs uh, not by choice we are we are sector agnostic but I see that a lot where they're doing brilliant in saving people on planet thanks to their technology. But they're so worried that they'll be criticized or they'll be attacked that they just choose not to. And we've seen it lately. I don't know if if Alex and Ivan or even Kate, if you've seen how the um, U.S. Uh, largest banks have now are thinking of pulling out from Mark Carney's green Alliance, uh, Green Finance Alliance because they are so worried to be sued in case the data is incorrect for their climate impact. And they think that there, there's a lot of there is a big ask of them to report on their climate impact, and they're really not sure if the data's correct. Hence, they're now threatening to leave the alliance, which was born out of COP26. So that's that's what Ivano was was referring to.
4: It's, you know, there's so many interesting threads and points here. You know, when Ivana was saying about companies focusing on areas of strength and not on areas of weakness, I can actually take a report. You know, a GR report or something else. And I can, I can tell basically where their areas of weakness are because they're mm. the things they just don't talk about.
2: Yeah.
4: You know, and again, people are going to ask. So it's, it's basic communications. People are going to ask, just explain what you're doing. It, it, we can't do everything perfectly. Tell mm. us where you're going to focus. Tell us what you want to do and how you want to do it. And again, if you achieve those targets, then fantastic. We can't do every single SDG. 1 to 17. Focus on where you want to achieve something. And the other say, say, look, this is, we are going to do something here, but it's not our priority, for example. That's okay. I also think as well, you know, one big area, and this really is Jehan's piece, is the the internal element. What do your employees want to do? They are going to be one of the main drivers of change. And it's amazing. You know, when, when I was at Schneider, for example, we did so many events and we actually got the families involved and the kids involved. And there was such passion for doing this work. And you saw it, you saw it flow through the energy and, and, you know, I'm even going to say love for what they were doing into their faith in the company, its mission and vision with Schneider. It was. They they were in a good or they are in a good place because very much their focus is on sustainability and sustainable development through the energy transition, but again I think you know the employee element is such an important piece here, and internal comms really should be at the top of the list when it comes to thinking about what you want to do in relation to ESGs and how you want to do it because again these are the people who are going to be pushing things as Ivano said often organizations don't have a sustainability function. You see sustainability in the SGs embedded in different functions. So you've got to get everybody moving in the right direction. You've got to get them agreeing on those big goals, those big aims. And then once you do it, let them go and measure it and see how far you get. But but involve your people, make them feel as if they own it because they do own it.
1: Yeah, that's such a good point. And I think, you know, from my perspective, I, you know, I, I'm, leading a responsible business team. So, you know, we're lucky that we've got, you know, professionals brought together to to kind of lead on the strategy. But I've always thought it's so important that we have a close working relationship with our our communications team, because they are so key to everything we do. And and what we've been talking about um, today is is around how we engage with stakeholders and, and bring them on the journey. will use that word again, bring them on the journey with us, really. And, and you know, whether that's kind of around cultural change or whether it's around communicating the impact of the work that we're doing, it's, it's just so important that communications teams are, are working with those who are leading the ESG strategy. I just wondered from from your perspective, what are the common mistakes that you've seen organisations making when they're trying to communicate their work around responsible business and, and ESG? Um
4: I think, again, it's, it's this, this need to jump on the bandwagon and to be seen to do something, which, you know, you know, when something is authentic, you know, when it comes in the heart, you actually see, you know, players who are leaders in this space. Um, and I'll call them out, you know, companies like Unilever have been doing this for years and you see, you know, how engaged they are on an issue versus others who may jump on a, on an issue because it's popular, I think of you know Pepsi and Black Lives Matter um, on on that horrible ad which they did, um, which still is in my mind. It was that bad. So again, you know, do something because it's part of the company, organizations' ethos and what your people believe in. So that that's one. Please, please, please do not use jargon. The amount of jargon and rubbish I see around ESGs is is crazy. And again, people will call you out on this. So please put it in simple, easy to understand language. And again, three, don't don't greenwash, don't overpromise. Um, you know, if you want underpromise, overdeliver, but don't overpromise. Uh, because you know, even if you know in my part of the world, the media may not call you out, but people will remember. So again, be very straight, be very transparent, um and And be clear in terms of your goals and make your goals, you know, they they can be stretch goals, but make them achievable.
2: To add to Alex, I think my three advice or three mistakes I see, and that's what I share with my students. Actually, they're not students, my peers who are taking the CIPR ESG strategy course. The three mistakes that organizations are doing. Number one, they're overusing the word purpose, I think. And their purpose washing, i.e. They, they talk about their purpose without actually t- talking about how would they bring the purpose to life? What is the plan? So that feeds into what Alex was saying. Give us a plan. Tell us what you're doing. The second one, focusing on uh, shocking information. So Greenpeace, for example, if you look at their advertisements, don't get me wrong, they're brilliant but they focus on shocks. They focus on shocking me and making putting me to tears and bringing me to tears. That's not going to have an effect on me. It will have an effect on me at that moment, but then as human beings, we are wired to forget and to protect ourselves from being hurt. So of course, we're going to be moving very quickly away from it. And number three, not testing it before going outside. I see a lot of the messaging um, not being tested. And I always say to my mentees and and my, uh, and my peers is, before you go out, get your house in order first. Test it with three different personalities internally. Test it with your cynics who don't believe in what you're doing, because they are going to figure out all of the mistakes that you've missed. Um, test it with the poet who are the dreamers who want the perfect world and test it with your advocates who believe in you, who will help you shout. And I don't see that happening because unfortunately, as communication professionals, we work in silos. PR doesn't speak to marketing, doesn't speak to internal comms, for example, and definitely they don't speak to investor relations. So we need to align that before we go outside.
1: Such good advice. I'm going. To, I'm going to write that down. The three stakeholders. I really like. Really like that idea. That's such great advice.
2: Yes, yeah. cynic, poet, advocate.
1: Brilliant. Thank you, Ivana. Do you want to come in, come in on that point?
3: No, I think a lot has been said. The, uh, the only thing make it interesting. You know, just last week I had uh, a company telling me about their office recycling program. I think I've heard that over and over again for the past 20 years. I cannot hear another office recycling program story. I mean, if you're not doing it, then that's something pretty bad. I mean, there is what we call a baseline, and this can be used in carbon emissions, in ESG. A baseline is what you should be doing. And if there is not a way to deal with uh, your office recycling policy, Well, just research it, engage other people. In uh, one of the entities, uh, they put one central uh, printer far, far away from everyone. The consumption of paper dropped dramatically overnight. That's amazing. That's an interesting approach.
2: Yeah, that's a nudge approach.
3: That I will bring forward, not under the office recycling program, but under (laughs) the uh, resource consumption patterns and how humans behave and uh, change, adapt to the location of their fruit. Yeah.
2: Ivano, do you know, I'll tell you one thing. So what you've just described is called a nudge. They're nudging them because it's so far, so you're being lazy and you're not going. Just to give you an interesting fact, um, during one of my uh, during uh, a work with my clients, one of the ways to nudge employees to become more healthy in their choice for lunches is we've put the salad bar at the front when you just come in. so you're forced to get a salad first and we reduced the size of the plates so people will not put it, put a lot of food on their plates. And you know what? it worked. It really did work. So, you know, Eva, I would love to see your face when someone talks to you about recycling again, Ivano.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I think, you know, as we come towards the the end of of our discussion, and, and there are so many more things that we could talk about, um, I wondered if I could ask each of you to to share a a top tip for PR and communications professionals who who might be listening to this and and want to get started working in this area, or just want to support the um, effective delivery of the ESG Responsible Business Strategy within their own organization. And Jihan, I'll come to you first, if that's okay.
2: My first tip is to upskill yourself. You have to upskill yourself because, believe it or not, and this is my sound harsh, you might find yourself out of a job if you don't, because this is not something that's going away. This is going to become the new normal now, moving forward. Some people might say, well, where do we start? It's expensive. I would say to them, it's not expensive. I am a living proof of it. When I founded Communique, I had zero funds. So what I did is I went into Coursera. I looked at what I want was interested to learn and I took these free 6 to 8 weeks online courses and I just took it from there. I didn't need to pay thousands and thousands. So it is doable. My second tip is to surround yourself with the ecosystem of sustainability and it is it's a it's an echo chamber. So just you need to be aware it's an echo chamber. And don't be stuck in that echo chamber. Be stuck at the beginning of it to learn everything you need about ESG and about people on planet. But then after that, take yourself out of it. Otherwise, you will not be able to think differently. Brilliant. Thank you. Ivano,
1: can I come to you next?
3: Well, I'll just stick to one which gave me the biggest, biggest headache uh, (laughs) a few months back. (laughs) The ESG uh, community It comprises also of uh, auditors and reviewers. And this subgroup is relatively lazy, as in they will not go through all your material and try to understand it, but rather it control F and search for keywords. So despite how simplistic it is, and just building on what Alex mentioned before, do not use complex jargon and try to stick to the framework, to the language uh, that is used uh, uh, within the indicators themselves. Simply because on the other end, someone reviewing might be like, Control F buzzword, oh, they do not have a policy in place. Despite the fact that you might have spent, uh, you know, three, four paragraphs detailing how you're saving the world, specifically on that theme.
1: Great, thanks, Ivano. And Alex,
4: um, not surprisingly, I'm going to echo uh, what Johan said. Please invest in yourself. This is a huge issue. I'm even going to give a plug to CIPR. CIPR now has a specialist diploma. in this is obviously in sustainability communications, but it's a start. Look at the SDGs as well. Read about the SDGs. And I think the second piece is not just yourself. Try and upskill as well those around you. This is an issue which is misunderstood by a lot of different functions in most organizations. Finance will understandably focus on the financial aspects. You'll have others focusing on their own piece. This is a holistic issue that we've got to look at. Uh, We are looking at everything from end to end. And basically, it's about how organizations behave. It's not just simply about E or S or G. It's about the behavior, it's about good intentions, and it's about what you want to achieve and the impacts that you want to make. Um, so help those around you learn what the subject is about and make them your allies.
1: Thanks, Alex. Sadly, I've got to bring our discussion to an end and say a huge thank you to to all of you for for such a brilliant conversation. A a couple of thoughts that I wanted to leave you with today. And I think one of the things that we've heard, one of the themes that's come through in our conversation is is around the role, the unique role that PR and communications um, specialists have to play in in supporting responsible business, the delivery of of ESG or responsible business strategy, supporting the teams responsible for that within organisations. And I think so much of of what we do is around engaging with with stakeholders and and that's where we we need that communications advice. And I really like Jihan's point about testing communications and, and, you know, using the the expertise of your comms specialists to, to really sort of go through and think about, I think it was the cynic, the poet and the advocate. Is that right, Jeanne? I'm going to definitely take that one away. So I think, you know, thinking about the role that you have to play within the organisation, um, particularly around stakeholder engagement, which which is, is key to, to delivery of your ESG strategy. And the final point that uh, I wanted to make is is around collaboration. And we've heard from all of you today and and you've been brilliant at sharing your experience. And I think we find that around responsible business and ESG that people are quite willing to to share their stories, to to share the journey that they're they're on. and, and it's where we benefit hugely from collaboration, because as I said earlier on, and I think in the discussion, we're facing some really huge issues around environmental, social and, and governance. And the only way that we're, we're going to, you know, be able to generate innovation and find hopefully some solutions is, is by working together and, and sharing some, some experiences. So. On that note, a huge thank you once again for being with us. And, you know, like I said before, we could have gone on for so much longer. There's so much that this topic covers. We hope that all of you who are listening enjoyed the conversation. Thank you for being with us and goodbye. Goodbye.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode on communicating your ESG strategy with credibility. We'll feature links to resources relating to the issues discussed in this podcast in the show notes. But remember, don't let the conversation stop there. If you have any tips or guidance for other practitioners or have any comments about the episode, share them on Twitter using the hashtag Engage.